Hello, and welcome to Books, the podcast, the only podcast about books. I'm Tim. I'm Tom. And we're booksmen. Yeah. No, you're supposed to I'm say- I'm not supposed to- I, I know what I'm supposed to say. I'm not going to say we're, weird books. We're adding to it every week. <laughs> and weird booksmen. Yes. Yeah. That's us. We're the weird booksmen. Yeah. I mean, we don't read weird books. I think no, we, we, we read a lot weird. of- Yeah. They, we read normal books. The books are normal. With our the weird me- brain. The, the men bo- are weird. <laughs> it's the men that are weird. <laughs> That's the hook of the show. Yeah. Tom. Well, we don't know, need a hook because it's the only podcast about books. Yeah. So if you like books, sorry, you got to pay five bucks a month. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times I go to the bookstore and I say, "You have anything? Uh, maybe a weird man would like to read." <laughs> the weird men read all sorts of things. Tom. I went to the bookstore the other day, Tim. I went to uh, no, that wasn't the other day. Never mind. It was a couple of weeks ago. When I went and saw, I thought it, I I saw. You, we talked about this on Books yeah, the Podcast. I saw Nope the other night, uh, last week. It was great. I'm not going to talk about it. No spoilers yeah, or anything. Also, it's not a book, so yeah. we can't cover it. Uh, go see it. Hey, if you're sick of books and you'd like to see a movie, go see Nope. But uh, but when I went and saw Thor, I went to the bookstore because there is a bookstore uh, by the movie theater. Mally Jackson. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't buy anything. I don't. I I think I've gotten a lot better about not buying books at bookstores. I have a r- new rule. New rule. Tim, if you're gonna buy, who is that over there, Bill Maher? <laughs> if you're gonna buy a book at the bookstore, this is what I tell myself: mm-hmm. you better damn well intend to start reading it. Yes, that the day minute or the you next get day. home. Yeah, yeah. Don't. Oh, we'll add this to the list. No. Fuck you, Tim. Your yeah, list then is... buy it when it comes yeah. up. On, put it on the list and buy it when it comes up on. Yeah. on your next uh, TBR. Um, I bought the book uh, White Noise. Don DeLillo. Okay. You a fan of this book? Uh, Do you know this book? uh, I didn't know Danny DeVito wrote books. (laughs) Uh, He doesn't, but if he did, uh, it'd be at the top of my uh, Netflix queue. Uh, No, of course, I'm just kidding. So uh, you got the new Dom DeLuise book. Of course, (laughs) it's a cookbook. No, you know, (laughs) I wish. No, Dom DeLuise, you're going to get mixed up with Paul Prudeau. (laughs) <laughs> I think Tom DeLuise also did some he kind had, of like, cooking. He had like sauce. Thing. Yeah, I told you that I met Dom DeLuise as a baby. Yeah. yeah. What did he say? He said, "Ooh, Gucci, Gucci, goo." No, didn't he say like? Didn't he like uh, compliment you for being like? Yeah, a, he said I was baby. like the the cutest baby he's yeah. ever seen or something to my parents. You know what? Uh... No, is Michaela Watkins? Uh... Celebrity, do you know who that the is? The gymnast? No. Then who? She's like, uh, she's in, she's like, uh, in like indie comedies and stuff. Oh, you okay. know her. She's in a lot of like the David Wayne stuff. Okay. Um, she was filming a movie near my house. Uh-huh. Accidentally walked through the set while pushing my son in a stroller, and she stopped what she was doing. She went, "Ooh, cute baby!" Wow. Yeah. Hollywood approved. Hollywood approved. I'm th- thinking of bringing this boy to Tinseltown. Yeah. Get him in those uh, diaper commercials. No. That's too lowbrow. All right. Get him in. I'm being uh, like Paul uh, Thomas Anderson uh, movies. Uh, Sopranos reboot. Ooh, that's too That's too <laughs> gritty, Tom. There's a middle ground there. Um, 
I'm I'm always very confused at people who uh, put their babies in movies and TV shows. Yeah, I mean, God bless them, because otherwise, movies and TV shows wouldn't have babies. I guess, but uh, every time I watch something that has a child or a baby in it, mm-hmm. now as a parent, this is the most as a parent. But, yeah, but like I just find it like, oh man, they're fucking up a kid for this sh- <laughs> like middling TV show. Like if it's like high art or if right, it's something yeah. that's gonna be a classic, it's like, all right, cool. Like put this kid in movies, they'll become a drug addict, <laughs> ruin their lives, whatever. At least the movie was like spectacular. Yeah, but if if it's like uh like. A network sitcom in 2022. It's like, mm-hmm. don't put a kid on this. You're just gonna fuck up his whole life. Yeah. Oh, uh, for this piece of shit show. Who cares? What if uh, when your kid gets old enough, Tim, and he says, "Daddy, I want to be in the pictures." I will. I'll and just he say he wants to be an actor. I'll say, uh, okay, but don't. It's I all. Know, I'm gonna it's tell all him computer to. generated. <laughs> At that point, it probably will be. <laughs> yeah, Daddy, I want to be scanned to be in the pictures. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry, they're they're licensing uh, actors uh, likenesses from forty years ago <laughs> to put in the pictures. Sorry, Ben Affleck is playing the baby in this new movie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, I, I I continued reading this book, the book that I've been reading called. Which you have yet to, on the first try, get the name correct. How to Win Friends and Influence People. How to Win Friends and Influence People. People. <laughs> people. Um, I realized, too, like I was I was loading this up on my Kindle. I think I've bought this book three times. <laughs> that's, that's how Dale Carnegie gets you. But I don't completely understand because I think each time I bought it for 99 cents, but it's not in public domain. Wait, why have you bought it so many times? I because I think I've seen it before and been like, oh, oh I thought like since you started reading. Oh it, no, like, no, oh, yeah. I think like years ago I saw it. It was like, oh, it's a very popular, influential book, and it's ninety nine cents. Yeah, I'll buy it. I've read this book before. I think. Yeah, you want to know an influential book that I read, Tom? The Bible. What? No, I never read the Bible. The Holy Quran. Too scary. The Bible, not the Quran. <laughs> um, yeah, Bible's too boring. No, there's sex and violence in it, Tom. Yeah, and then they're like, and then they went to hell. Yeah. No, they didn't go to hell. They never go to hell in the book. In in, in the Bible? They yeah, never go to hell? So. Tom, I bought for 99 cents when it was on sale. Mm-hmm. I'm on the Kindle store. Eating Animals by Jonathan Safran Four. Okay. Is that his name? Yeah, it sounds about right. Close enough. Um, and it convinced me to, to become a vegetarian. Animals. No, it's oh. quite the opposite. Um, so I'd say that's an so influential the worst book. worst 99 cents you ever spent. Yeah, I haven't had a Big Mac in years. Tom, do you know about that author and Natalie Portman, the famous vegan? Are they romantically involved? Well, uh, Jonathan Safran Foer left his wife because he thought he would <laughs> oh, I do be remember this. romantically involved with Ma- Natalie Portland, Portman. Because, um, like, she, they collaborated on, like, she's a vegan, and they collaborated yeah. on, like... Uh, a movie, a documentary version of that book, Eating Animals, mm-hmm. and he just picked up the science like, 
oh, we're going to get together. Me. Yeah. Uh, so I'll leave my wife and then yeah. without checking with her. Right. And being yeah. like, so, and she was like, oh, oh, no, no, no. You left yeah. your wife for, you know who you are and you know who I am, right? <laughs> Uh well and and wasn't it also her that uh um uh what's his name claimed to uh to go on a date with Moby yeah and then she was just like creep shut up <laughs> she was like I didn't go on a date with Moby or like I got a like a lunch I had like a lunch meeting with him or something yeah but, and and he was I think he like made it out to be like they were a couple for a yeah. Minute. Poor Natalie Portman. Yeah. She, uh, yeah it's her fault think... for leading all these men on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was going to say, I think she's just uh, an incredibly beautiful woman and probably incredibly charming in real life. Yeah. And probably has that like kind of like Bill Clinton thing that they talk about where it's like when she's talking to you. Yeah, but you're Bill like, Clinton will have sex with you if you just go <laughs> up to him. Well, like, but that's what this guy didn't know. Bill Clinton would encourage you to leave your spouse yeah. to sleep with him. You don't have to leave him. <laughs> you can stay with him. I, I don't know. care. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but but I could see her her uh, having that kind of charisma, yeah. Of just yeah, where somebody working with her is like, oh my god, the way this woman looks at me, obviously she must be in love with she me. She must feel the yeah. same way I do, and it's like, no, that's just how she is. Yeah, and that explains why so she's a pretty woman being nice to you. <laughs> But that explains why beautiful women should not be nice to most people. <laughs> that explains why Unless she's, they get you know, the wrong idea. One of the, one of the most uh, famous actresses out there because yeah. it's like, oh, you when she's in a movie, you believe her. Yeah, because she's. Uh, well, I believe she's in love with me. If she ever, that's why she never looks into Tim, the camera lens. <laughs> <laughs> so, so everybody doesn't uh, Tim, start pulling you. a John Hinckley. <laughs> I saw this new Thor movie, and uh, I think I've got a shot with her. I think uh, there were a few parts <laughs> points where I was like, "Yep, this woman's in love with me." Didn't those emails like come out? His emails to uh, her? Oh, yeah, maybe. I feel yeah. like they did. I feel like maybe even the email where she was like, "Oh, uh. <laughs> I'll have to look those up." I mean. I feel bad. I never want a family to yeah. be torn apart by one man's foolishness. I mean, I was going to say, like, uh, you know, credit to him. Uh, yeah, I feel like most uh, most men in that situation are like, well, I'll have an affair to see yeah. uh, if I if this is real or not. And then, then they're like, and, and if the affair works out, then I'll tell my wife. But then they're like, ah, why don't I just do both? <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, this guy put his money where his mouth was. Probably thought that would be a grand gesture to Natalie Portman. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. One of the autocorrect is Jonathan, Jonathan Saffron for Natalie Portman emails. Yep. Or autofills. Well, Tim, I hope you didn't uh, feel that way about him after he just read a book he wrote that uh, somehow he was in love with you. No, I think uh, if I stopped eating meat... Mm-hmm. He'll, uh, what? What? Is there a new email? Did he just email her again? No, but this... this uh, hey, just circling back on this. This is from July 14th, 2016. Okay. You can read his emails to her. 
Now, how do these exist? Um, how are how are they accessible to uh, somebody? Are you hacking his email account right now? Um, the New York Times is T Magazine published a lengthy email correspondence. T Magazine. Them. Um, I'm not sure how they got it. How they got it. I mean, it had to have been that one of them gave it to them. Yeah, I don't I think, think it was the New York Times part, would just run it. As part of a... Oh, yeah. Or, oh, they both opened them up. Oh, all right. You think after she agreed to that, he was like, yeah, I still got a chance. <laughs> yeah, this is this is an article that Jonathan Saffron Four wrote. Mm-hmm. And basically just being like, hey, like, I fucked up, I guess. <laughs> but uh, at this point, yeah, you know, she was like, no, I'm not going to, you freaking yeah. book writing nerd, whatever. Yeah, you think. Uh, I mean, uh, be the, with a handsome This Vox movie article from 2016, I, this is definitely not the case anymore. Ended Who with, is her husband? He's like a, a like Hollywood a hedge fund guy. guy. No, oh, he's a like, hedge yeah, fund guy? Like okay, so she was like, well, I'm going to be with a rich guy. Um. No, no, Tom, listen, uh-huh. you're going to pay attention to this. I am. I'm just scrolling back to my book notes once we talk about the book, for God's sake. It certainly seems to work uh, to have worked out all right for four, who is currently dating Michelle Williams. Wow. Fuck this guy. Yeah, it sounds like he landed on his feet. Yeah, he exactly. Another, uh, Hollywood beauty. Yeah. I mean that's six years or, ago, and, yeah, I, and I like she has since think... married the guy from the microphones, and then they got divorced. And uh, man who lived in a microphone. <laughs> it's, don't worry about it, Tom. <laughs> it sounds awfully small. <laughs> Tim, I read part three of How to Win Friends and Influence. Wait, people. hold on before oh, you get to Jesus that. Jesus Christ! All right. One Tim, thing this, this books the podcast, not Hollywood gossip. The podcast. <laughs> this isn't Hollywood gossip. <laughs> okay. I neglected to um, uh, award a comment of the week last week. Oh right, yeah. So now is the return. Our engagement. Oh, that would explain why our engagement. Our, enga- our engagement has been low in the past week. Yeah. So, um, comment of the week goes to Jonathan Schwartz. Okay. Who wrote? Tom is severely underrating the Vitamix. <laughs> I don't think, no. I'm the one who, you're the one who was like, oh, yours is shit. Yeah. And you're like, no, oh, you think the Vitamix is so great. Tom, here's what I want you to I'm do. I'm just saying I have a Nutramix. I think it's probably just as good. You, there's no such thing as a Nutramix. There is. I'm looking at it right now. A Nutramix? Nutramix. That's a piece of shit. Honestly, Tom. It's got nutrition, not just vitamins, you idiot. It's insulting. Tom, here's what I'm going to do. I'm mm-hmm. going to make you a smoothie, a green smoothie uh-huh. that you'll love. Yeah. <laughs> What's going to be in it? Slime? I'm also going to make a, uh, a vegan uh-huh. in... Uh, in honor of Natalie Portman, uh-huh. a vegan cheese sauce mm-hmm. that will be warm right out of the blender. <laughs> uh, okay. And it's made from nuts and such. Okay. And I'm... you will be a convert. Uh... And you'll be like, oh, I can't do this in my freaking uh, Nutramix. 
I mean, knock I, off I piece probably of crap. could. I don't think you could, Dom. I don't know. This I don't thing, think you can handle it. This thing makes uh, quick work out of ice. Tom, <laughs> Tom, uh, Jonathan, thank you for your for your comment. Tom is continuing to Tim, severely come, underrate the you Vitamix. Come over next week. I'm gonna put rocks in there and show you what it can do. <laughs> All right. I accidentally put a spoon in my Vitamix. <laughs> <laughs> I think I voided the warranty. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, yeah you're never gonna get that warranty service on that spoon now. <laughs> Part three, how to win people to your way of thinking. Now, you thought I you should've. could just win friends. You can win yeah. people to your I way of thinking. I should have read this chapter before uh, trying to sell you on the Vitamix I again. know, Tim. Uh, the, I'm going to use the techniques in this. By the end of this, you're going to buy my Nutramix off. <laughs> uh, part one, this... By the way, I, for a minute, like, uh, you know, th- this book has four parts... And uh, I thought, okay, great. I'll chop uh, reading up into four parts. And the first part was like 25% because I'm reading on Kindle. Second part, 50%. I'm like, this is great. The third part, I got up to like 82%. It was longer. That's all right. It's fine. But part three. Just don't take all night telling me about it, please. Part three has 11 (laughs) subparts. The first of which, you can't win an argument. There is a divinity that shapes our ends. Why did I highlight this part? <laughs> oh. it's a divinity. Uh, there's a divinity that shapes our ends. Rough hew them how we will. The raconteur mentioned that quotation was from the Bible. He was wrong. I knew that. I don't know why I highlight that. <laughs> I don't know what it uh, pertains to. But this is basically this whole chapter. Or the, yeah, this chapter, I guess. You can't win an argument is basically explaining, like, don't argue with people. Nobody likes to be argued with. Uh, what about a debate? <laughs> and, it, I mean, honestly, it does make me think a lot about, yeah, the debate me yeah. thing. Because basically he's saying, if you argue somebody, you can't you can't win an argument. Because even if you're right, the other person's never going to admit that after you've, like, come at them. Yeah, exactly. This is what um, I've thought about with, you know, how they're like, how to, you know, talk to your conservative uncle on Thanksgiving, these articles. It's like, why don't you talk about something else and just be like, (laughs) hey, uh, we're not going to change each other's minds. So let's talk about something that we both have an interest in. Well, I mean, that's kind of what Dale Carnegie would say if you actually wanted to win your uncle to your way of thinking is like find common ground, which right. we'll get to later. But yeah, like if you come at them and you're just like, you're wrong about this. The example he gives, um, uh, the storyteller was sitting on my right and Frank Gammond, an old friend of mine, was seated to my left. Mr. Gammond had devoted years of to the study of Shakespeare. So the storyteller and I agreed to submit the question to Mr. Gammon. Th- this guy, this storyteller, had said something, and uh, I, I think I Dale storyteller Dale Carnegie living. was like, "Oh, that's from Shakespeare." Or, or uh, the guy said that the Rock on Tour said that. No, I think uh, Dale said it, but the mm. other guy was like, "No, it's from the Bible." Uh, so he said, so the storyteller and I, we submitted it, Mr. Gammon listened, kicked me under the table and then said, Dale, you are wrong. The gentleman is right. It is from the Bible on our way home that night. I said to Mr. Gammon, Frank, 
You knew that quotation was from Shakespeare. Yes, of course, he replied. Hamlet, Act 5, Scene 2. But we were guests at a festive occasion, my dear Dale. Why? Not you, Siri. Why? Now I lost my spot, Siri. I'm going to stop saying the name because it keeps... (laughs) (laughs) Why did you say Siri that second Don't you say it. I almost spilled beer all over my computer. That would have shut her up. Why not let him save face? He didn't ask for your opinion. He didn't want it. Why argue with him? Always avoid the acute angle. The man who said that taught me a lesson I'll never forget. Always avoid the acute angle. I not only made the storyteller uncomfortable, but had put my friend in an embarrassing situation. How much better it would have been had I not been argumentative. So basically it was like this guy was telling a uh, story and he's like, that quote's from the Bible. And Dale was like, no, it's from Shakespeare. I'm look, my friend who's an expert on Shakespeare. Another guy was like, what would you have proven? Uh, Keep me out of this. What about in the smartphone age where these arguments can be settled um, very quickly, but I think, but also it's just like you're uh, just gonna make that guy feel like shit and yeah. then like ruin the whole night. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I pulled out my smartphone and like you know, when has anybody ever done that? And there's been like a, a, a round of applause for oh that guy looked it up on his phone. I mean, sure, if somebody's going on and on, or if about you make something. a bet about something, <laughs> well, that's your way of thinking. Dale Carnegie's not making bets with everybody. Well, Maybe uh, he could have won some money. He knew, he seemed to know a lot about Shakespeare. Uh, that other guy knew the exact uh, act. And then he gives he gives a line from Buddha: "Hatred is never ended by hatred, but by love. Mm. Misunderstanding is never ended by an argument, but by tact, diplomacy, conciliation, and a sympathetic desire to see the other person's point of view." Um, this is why I read a lot of. Uh... Buddhist Buddhist texts, Tom. Is that true? Yeah, it actually is true. Uh, can't you can't you see that I'm living it? He talks a, a lot. Well, this is actually I'll I'll get to something. He just talks about uh uh like a successful couple that's been like happily married and like uh uh. That that when one yells, the other should listen, because when two people yell, there is no communication, just noise and bad vibrations. Mm. And this is before the Beach Boys, so you didn't even know about good vibrations. Yeah. I mean, he probably knew about good vibrations. Yeah, I think he was ever picking them up. Uh, part two, chapter two, rather, a, a sure way to make enemies and how to avoid it. Because probably at first you're like, well, I don't want to make any more enemies. And then, oh, I know well, yeah. how to avoid it. Uh, if a person makes a statement that you think is wrong, yes, even that you know is wrong, isn't it better to begin by saying, well, now, look, I thought otherwise, but I may be wrong. I frequently am. And if I am wrong, I want to be put right. Let's examine the facts. I mean, I don't Anybody that says that's weird. <laughs> well, keep in mind, there's like the 30s. Yeah. And also. I'll know, tell you what, sir. Well, I'm come right into wrong, my but I got an idea in my head. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, basically, this, this chapter is just about uh, you'll never get into trouble by admitting that you are wrong. 
Yeah, but I think that's also a freaking what is it, a simp move, uh, <laughs> a cuck move. Yeah, like that. to come be like some internet insult move. Yeah, just to come and be like somebody says something like, "Hey, I think uh, all immigrants should be deported because they're pieces of shit." Well, you might be right, sir. <laughs> You'd be like, "Well, I'm often wrong about most things, and I disagree with that." But you, you're probably right. But uh, let's talk about it. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. It is funny reading this book now because a like the internet throws all like you know the idea that you could communicate with somebody easily without being face to face was not non-existent but you couldn't do it easily right uh you couldn't do it for free operator and then the operator would listen in on your whole fucking call and take notes and give them to dale carnegie and be like this is what this guy said but uh but even like the examples he gives of like the rudest thing people said <laughs> or like nicer than mm. anyone's talked to mm. either of us in our entire <laughs> yeah, lives. True. Um, yeah. Uh, he talks about Lincoln, uh, Abe, Abe Lincoln. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, he talks about this like famous editor, uh, Horace Greeley, uh, during the Civil War, disagreed violently with Lincoln's policies. He believed he could drive Lincoln into agreeing with him by a campaign of argument, ridicule, ridicule and abuse. He waged the spear campaign month after month, a year after year. In fact, he wrote a brutal, bitter, sarcastic, and personal attack on President Lincoln the night Booth shot him. But did all the this bitterness make Lincoln agree with Greeley? Not at all. Ridicule and abuse never do. But it killed him. No, well, it didn't kill him. Yeah, I think uh, Booth's, very nice. Booth's bullet did. Um, yeah, and then then I highlight another part. I don't know why. Uh, uh, chapter three: If you're wrong, admit it. Now, this I I I could get behind, right? I mean, I agree that one should get behind <laughs> it. I don't agree that you get behind. Well, maybe this. I'm turning over a new leaf, Tim. Okay. Um, but, you often, when you're wrong, deny that you ever said the wrong thing. Well, chapter chapter five is, <laughs> if you're wrong, deny you ever said it. That's fair. Which is a good, you know, if you can't argue you were right, gaslight the other person <laughs> and make them think you'd ever said it. But basically, this chapter is about, and again, I think it, it, it's a good idea that if you're wrong, he gives an example in the quote here is my eagerness to criticize myself to call the fight out of him. He ended up by taking me to lunch and before we parted. He gave me a check and another commission, which is basically. But that's, I don't think that works in modern times. I think if no. you're self-deprecating, people are just like, yeah, you are a fucking loser. Well, no, he's like not- this isn't like. I guess this isn't a book to add to like how to deal with proud boys or whatever. Because like <laughs> right. in that case, like if you're like, "Sir, I'm a real fucking idiot," um, and they'd just be like, "Yeah," and I'm gonna like punch you right in the face. Yeah. Uh, well, in this case, he's not. Well, he's not saying I'm a I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> that is what he basically he's saying. Said. If you're wrong, admit it. And basically, this is one that he's relating a lot to business. Where he's basically saying, like, if you fuck up Mm -hmm. and you know somebody's going to, like, chew you out 
regardless, and you know you fucked up, instead of like coming up with excuses and reasons why it happened and reasons why it's not your fault, just like, quit. No, just go in there and be like, I fucked up. Yeah. This is my fault. Yeah, and you're going like, to get it either way. You're going to get it either way. They'll and, respect you more for owning up to it. Well, and that and also, like he says, you're going to take the fight out of them. If somebody's ready to chew you out and then you go you go in there and you're like, I, God damn, I, I really fucked up. Yeah. I, I should have done this. I didn't do it. It's not this guy's fault. It's not this guy's fault. It's my fault. The other person's probably not going to go like, yeah, you fucking idiot. <laughs> like, I mean, they might, depending on the situation, yeah. but that's going to take it out of them a lot. Uh, it's going to be much more likely that, that they're not going to scream at you the same way they were. Right. Now, I don't know if this is necessarily the case. If like, he's saying, if you're wrong, admit it. If you're not wrong, there there are other tacks that he suggests, which again is kind of like the first part. Like, is say I'm willing to admit I might be wrong. L- let's look at everything. Let's look at the facts here. But if you know you're wrong, don't try and hide that. Right. And again, I think that that thinking thinking back to like situations I've been in, if you know somebody screwed up and then they're lying to you. That's going to make you a hundred or they're trying to blame somebody else. Yeah. Or even just like trying to give you a too complicated story to explain it other than being like, all right, yeah, whatever. But like you fucked up and like, right. Yeah, I, I've been You're in blaming that situa- circumstances yeah. now. Yeah, I, I've been in. I can think of so many situations, business and and personal. Where yeah, somebody, somebody's given a, a big long explanation and it's just making you madder because you're like, no, the bottom line still is you screwed something up. This situation may have made it worse, but that didn't cause it. You caused it. Um, and then he talks uh, chapter four, a drop of honey. Where he he just talks about being sweet. Being real mm. sweet to people. Being a real sweetheart, like you and me. Uh, years ago, when I was a barefoot boy walking through the woods to a county school out in the middle of northwest Missouri, I read a fable about the sun and the wind. They quarreled about which was the stronger. And the wind said, I'll prove I am. See the old man down there with the coat? I bet I can get his coat off of him quicker than you can. So the sun went behind a cloud and the wind blew until it was almost a tornado. But the harder it blew, the tighter the old man clutched his coat to him. Finally, the wind calmed down and gave up. And then the sun came out from behind the clouds and smiled kindly on the old man. Presently, he mopped his brow and pulled off his coat. The sun then told the wind that gentleness and friendliness were always stronger than fury and force. Dale Carnegie wrote that when he was a barefoot boy no, in Missouri. It was, it was like a fable he heard or uh, something. Um, that's cool. I don't know. How do you feel about Missouri? Uh, I've never Missouri. been there. Yeah, I've never been there. It sounds like the weather's brutal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking fighting with each other all the time. Exactly. Uh, number five, chapter five, The Secret of Socrates. <laughs> Uh, what? Excuse me? Socrates. Uh, I mean, I don't think so. My introduction to him was through (laughs) Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And for like years, I was like, yeah, Socrates. That's a a 
really great joke. It is because it looks like Socrates, and they never learn. The like in there. even like when they're giving their award-winning presentation at the end, they're, they're like, "And now Socrates," <laughs> and they still get an A plus. <laughs> um, in talking with people, don't begin by discussing the things on which you differ. Begin by emphasizing and keep on emphasizing the things on which you agree. Keep emphasizing, Congr- if possible, oh, yeah, you tell me about that you are both striving for the same end and that your only difference is one of method and not purpose. But that's the thing. Our ends are not always the same as yes that that's true those we are in we find ourselves in opposition to yeah right again this is during like a kinder gentler time yeah but it's like uh if you're debating the proud boys yeah tim do you have a debate coming up with the proud boys (laughs) why do you keep bringing this up Yeah, I, I foolishly you got turned paid into, it into it. They said, "Debate me, bro," and yeah. you're like, "I will debate you." Yeah, and now I'm nervous about it. On the field of ideals, <laughs> um, but basically, he talks in this. Uh, the secret of uh, Socrates is a, a talk. I mean, some of the a lot of these have overlaps, but um, but he talks a lot about like. When you're when you're entering a situation that you know is going to be like adversarial, try and get agreement started first. Yeah. Like get get common ground before you kind of get into anything. And I forget if it's this chapter or an upcoming one, but he talks about how uh, like once you start getting yeses out of somebody, you're likely to get more yeses. Right. Whereas if you get no's. Then somebody's saying no, and they're kind of like... Shutting down a little bit. Yeah, they've now set themselves up defensively. Like, I'm giving a no. It's going to be way harder to convince them because their ego is going to take a little bit of a hit. Right. Um, So, like, we're talking. Yeah. I want tacos. You want hamburgers. Uh Uh-huh. We both have the same goal. We want to eat. Right. You're going to wind up getting tacos. Because you're going to be a pushover because Dale Carnegie is telling you, like, agree with Tim a a bunch. Well, here's what I would say, maybe. I'd say, look, Tim, I'm not here to say hamburgers are bad. I love hamburgers. You're the one who wants hamburgers. I want hamburgers. (laughs) Tim, I'm not here to say tacos are bad. I love tacos. Tacos are one of my favorite foods. However, wouldn't you agree... (laughs) That we should have hamburgers? This isn't going to work. No, no, that tacos are great. What I'm I'm not trying to tell you tacos are bad. Yeah, no, I'm the guy who suggested that we get tacos to eat. Yes. Yeah, I'll agree with you. And that's a fine suggestion. This is a weird way that you're talking. Any other time, I would think, yeah, let's get, would you want hamburgers? Oh, that's what they (laughs) said you'd do? Just switch it. Yeah. <laughs> Do some like bugs bunny. <laughs> Do some duck season or rabbit yeah. season stuff. No, I just kept forgetting who wanted yeah, what. Okay. But it'd be like to come to an agreement of uh, you know, I I I'm I not don't saying, feel very influenced at the I'm moment. not saying the, the food you want is bad. Whereas I mean, maybe I'm not gonna win you over that way. But if but if uh what do you want? You want hamburgers? Tacos, you want tacos? Jesus Christ. If, if if we're having that conversation and I'm like, you know, tacos are are uh for idiots. Only idiots like tacos. Yeah, but I know you like tacos. You're not gonna say 
Oh well, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> I don't want to well, be an idiot. I'll have a hamburger. Right. But you want to be like, no, I'm a stupid asshole who's usually wrong about things. Yeah. I and might we be can wrong. all agree that we like tacos. How do you pivot to getting me to eat a goddamn hamburger? I would say like I I would maybe point out the benefits of hamburgers. Maybe I would say uh well the the delivery place the for hamburgers says they can be here in 20 minutes while the taco place says 60 minutes. Okay. And the hamburgers, oh, look at this. They got a special on hamburgers today. Oh, wow. And the taco place just raised their prices. Oh, no. I yeah. mean, there's a coincidental confluence yeah. of events now, Tim, I would hamburgers love to get, a lot more convenient for us. I would love to get tacos with you one day, but I don't think today is a good day for that. I mm-hmm. think today would be a good day for hamburgers. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> and after all that like weirdness, I'd probably be like, <laughs> Uh yeah oh, okay <laughs> yeah <pretty laughs> will much. you stop talking like this please yeah even, I mean a lot of these techniques seem like they really are to get a person not to wear down a person but to kind of get a person to be like all right whatever <laughs> <laughs> that's fine I don't look if it's gonna turn into a big long conversation then forget it um the uh part six. The safety Leonard part six, your favorite movie, (laughs) the safety valve in handling complaints. Uh, Most people trying to win others to their way way of thinking do too much talking themselves. Let the other person talk themselves out. They know more about their business and problems than you do. So ask them questions. Let them tell you a few things. Did this become a book about how to like close sales uh, oh, as a yeah. traveling salesman? I mean, so many, like, uh, that's why my notes are, or my highlights here are a little confusing because, like, uh, so much of this book are is just examples, and which makes sense. It's, you know, he toured giving these talks and then would hear back from people when it worked, and then he put all those examples in the book. And I don't think they're bad, but uh, at a certain point, it's like kind of too many examples, and you kind of start to skim like, okay, I get it. Yeah, Yeah. this guy who sold toasters door-to-door couldn't sell a toaster, and then he came to your your, uh, talk, and he learned to stop, you know, screaming at his customers. And he started selling more toasters. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the other oh, highlight. You say you like uh, cold bread. Well, I'm usually wrong because I'm a big fucking stupid idiot. <laughs> but I got to disagree with you. say I'm a big fucking stupid idiot to somebody. <laughs> well, maybe I misunderstood the book, Tom. <laughs> Uh, but then the, the the next highlight I have is just because uh, the example he gives the guy's name is Richard Pryor. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. I'm like, oh, uh, he's my... not talking about the Richard Pryor. It's not the Richard Pryor. Uh, it's a different guy because he was uh, inter- he was interviewing for a job with somebody. <laughs> I don't think it was the Richard Pryor we know. But I do think. I mean. That makes sense, though. The safety valve in handling complaints is like if somebody's mad about something, let them talk themselves out. Yeah. If you start arguing them, then they're going to really I mean, again, like working in retail years ago, that was like a common thing where it's like 
And, and especially once I was like a manager, so many times I had to step in and be like, stop arguing with this guy. Yeah. This guy just wants somebody to hear, you know, it wants somebody at the company to, to understand. Yeah. And you're going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to put that in the notes. I'm going to escalate this. I'm really sorry that happened. Whereas if you're arguing like, no, you're using it wrong, or I don't think that's yeah. possible. It's just so tough. And I have this inclination to be like, but I'm objectively right here. Like, yeah. Oh, I, I mean, that's every shred of evidence is on my side here. Um, I have such a great case to plead. And I, and some people don't like to sit there and just eat shit when they know they're right. Yeah. And a lot of this book is just be like, eat shit because on the other end of stuff, like you'll be better for it. Yeah. That still sucks to hear. It does, but like I can't tell you how many times when when I worked in retail where like somebody would come over to me and they'd be like, uh, this person wants to talk to the manager. And I'd be like, well, all right, well, what's going on? And they would tell me and I'd be like, why, why are you doing that? Like we could replace this person's whatever. And this is why they asked to talk to the manager. You're, and that's why you always immediately ask to talk to the manager. <laughs> no, my no. What I'm trying to get at is like the the person would come to me and they would be like, "This person wants to talk to a manager." Okay, well, what's the problem? And they would explain the problem. It'd be like, "Okay, why do they want to talk to a manager? You can you can do that for them you're you you have the power yeah they wanted somebody more wise they wanted a wise sage like you to no, come no, in and be by, like you need to do the thing that they want because you have the power to do it no but so many t what i'm trying to say tim and you're not fucking listening <laughs> <laughs> well you're not allowed to get mad at me you're supposed to tell me God that you're that you're a big fucking you know stupid what, idiot it was usually wrong <laughs> you know what enough is enough tim i'd like to speak to your manager <laughs> um no so many times after like talking to the employee it was obvious that was like, oh, you got into an argument with this person. Okay. And you're refusing to do something for them that is well within your ability to do, but you don't want to back down. So now it's gotten to the point where they're going to, where they've asked for a manager or you freely offered up, I can go get a manager if you right. want. And so many times it was like, Okay, well, I but doesn't that validate the customer's decision to ask for a manager if the manager comes in with a cooler head um, for whatever oh, reason and is like, oh, I'm going to give you what you want. This guy should have done that in your head. You're thinking he should have done that in the first place. Um, oh, absolutely. I mean, in all these cases, the customer's thinking, I want to talk to the manager because the manager has risen to such a level, mm -hmm. uh, such a an important level. He must have read how to win friends <laughs> and influence people, which says he the manager's gonna come out here and be like, "I'm a big fucking idiot who's often wrong about things, so I'm gonna give you whatever you want." And you validated that. Uh, the manager may have even bought the book multiple times. <laughs> um, no, I mean in all these cases, uh, the the. I didn't fault the customer because it was like, yeah, you weren't getting anywhere you wanted the manager. But uh, often it was the employee where I was like, 
Well, now nobody's going to be happy. This person had to ask for a manager. They're fuming. You're going to still be mad. You're still going to like go kick a garbage can in the back or whatever because this person a toe because this this person got what they wanted all because you got too heated about it and you didn't want to just be like, you know what? This person's an asshole, but it's within, you know, the warranty or whatever that I can do this for them. Why am I? I mean, so many times. This uh, is why when I go to customer service, Tom, mm -hmm. I need something. First order of business. Kiss him on the mouth. A big smooch. Wow. Well, that's... You can get, I appreciate what you're doing you here. You can get arrested for things like well, that, Tim. they like it. Not it's the stores so you handsome. go to. <laughs> I got that Portman-esque glow about me. They're just like, oh, you must be in love with me. And then I confirm it with the, with the big smooch. And then they're putty in my hands. Now, we just had like so many like instances... We're, we're like, we honestly tried to like really empower employees of just like, you're here, you, like you have a good idea after you've been working here for a while of like what's possible, what we can offer. And there were employees that would literally just argue with a customer because they wanted to argue and then they come back and you'd be like, this isn't coming out of your paycheck. Right. Why didn't you do this for this person? You didn't do it because you wanted to argue because they said something that you knew was wrong and you wanted to be right. But guess what? They're, they're either going to leave here pissed or they're going to escalate it until they get to the point where they're this right. This whole book is basically saying um, happy people are easier to deal with. Yes. So, like, if you make sure the other person is happy by seeding things that don't matter to you, yeah, you'll get you'll be in a better position to get what you want from them. Yeah, a lot of it happy. is just like take your emotion out of this. Yeah, don't take the you know, especially in business type things, don't take things personally. And again, I, when I worked at a store, so many times it was like, why are you taking this personally? You didn't design this product. Right. <laughs> like you didn't make it in the factory. It doesn't work the way this person wants You're it to work. 10 times the age of the person that made it in the factory. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, chapter seven, how to get cooperation. Uh, again, it's just kind of like, uh, like, uh, you know, just, I don't know. just be nice to people. Uh, <laughs> Uh, don't you have much more faith than idea? Oh, a lot of this is about um, uh, making people think that uh, your idea is their idea. Uh, but I want credit for my ideas. No, but it's so much easier uh, to win somebody. Again, yeah. credit, you're, you're letting your ego get in the yeah. way. Let somebody think that the solution is their idea and... I mean, I, again, working in retail, I can't tell you how many times uh, there would be like huge arguments over something. I would get uh, pulled into it and I would ask the person like, what can we do to make this right? And the thing that they would say, you know, I, I worked retail in an Apple store and like somebody's iPod would be broken and they'd be furious and they would get into like a screaming match with another employee. I get pulled in and I would say, what can we do to make this right? And they would be like, I want $20 off a new iPod. <laughs> and it was like, 
a tenth of what I was ready to offer them. But I let, you know, well, let me hear your idea. What what should we do to to make this right? And sometimes that, you know, sometimes people would say, like, I think I should get a new uh, free computer. And you have to be like, well, unfortunately, that's. You know, that's I'm a big fucking stupid that's... idiot who's usually wrong about things. <laughs> but not this. <laughs> but not this. You can't have a computer. Um, no, I'll give you one. I'll get fired, but it's okay. I'm a big fucking stupid idiot. <laughs> but he talks about, uh, uh, I don't know, somebody was trying to get people to come to his camp. And, uh, you know, everybody just sent out brochures. But this one guy. He sent out names and tell. I mean, hopefully he got uh, permission for this. Names and telephone numbers of uh, several New York people who had stayed at his camp, and he invited me to telephone them mm. and discover for myself what he had to offer. I found out to my surprise that I knew one of the men on this list. I phoned him, found out what his experience had been, and then wired the camp the date of my arrival. The others have been trying to sell me on their service, but one on a camp. What's going on? <laughs> one let me sell myself. That organization won. I think it was like a like a campground, not like a camp. <laughs> Summer camp for thirty five year olds. The chapter eight: a formula that will work wonders for you. Remember that other the people quadratic equation. <laughs> remember that other people may be totally wrong. But they don't think so. Don't condemn them. Any fool can do that. Try to understand them. Only wise, tolerant, exceptional people even try to do that. There is a reason why the other man thinks and acts the way he does. Ferret out that reason, and you have the key to his actions, perhaps to his personality. Try honestly to put yourself in his place. And again, working in retail so many times, I I would... This doesn't help me with the Proud Boys, Tom. I would... The clock's ticking. (laughs) I would be talking to somebody and like just kind of, you know, be like, tell me what's going on. I just want to listen. And like people would start telling me about personal shit that was going on with them. And then it became obvious like, oh, they're not mad about this. They're mad about this other stuff that's going on. I can kill your wife for you. (laughs) And then uh, it's going to cost. It's not cheap. But it seems like she's the root of all your problems. Man, this one time when I was working and at this- And they get the insurance money. You get a nice kickback. I, I forget if I talked about this, but this one time this woman came in and she was so mad. She was like, I need this computer fix. And this computer, it was uh, you know a laptop. It was literally bent in half. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't care how much it costs. I want it fixed. And we're like, all right, it's going to be like very expensive. Right. And then like stormed off. And then like an hour later, two hours later, a guy came and it was his computer and he leveled. He was like, uh, my wife uh, found out I was cheating on her on this computer (laughs) and she threw it across the room or threw it out the window or something. And he's like, "Uh, so, yeah, we're going to be getting a divorce and uh, I really can't have her get that data on there because then she's going to get a lot of money. And uh, we didn't know what to do, but. Computer was registered in his name, so it's like it's registered in your name. Here you go; it's yours. Please Call keep, Apple legal please team keep to, us yeah. out of this. Like, like this. I mean, as far as we were concerned, it's like this is registered to you. It's your property. All right. I don't see what this has to do with how to win friends. Oh, I was just talking about you know somebody coming in and like. 
I was offering a, a listening ear to this man who was telling me about how he was cheating on his wife. <laughs> didn't want to lose money in a divorce settlement. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I could get behind that. <laughs> Here you go, sir. Too often, men, uh, they're not taken into account. And, and, uh, the men have rights <laughs> exactly. too, you know. No, and then the woman came back. Oh, boy. Then I need to go talk to her. And I was like, I'm very sorry about like the computer. And I was like, honestly, I was like, we're we're not lawyers here. Like, you need to. Did you, you need to get your lawyers Apple to sort this out? At all? Yes. Oh, okay. all the time. All right. Yeah. For things like this. Yeah. And they were funny because they were always like real on it. They were always like, you would explain the situation. They'd be like, oh, boy, <laughs> that's a tough one. Um. I almost had to represent Apple in court once as a lawyer. What? There's Not as no, a lawyer, but I had no to... way that should have ever happened. They have so many lawyers. They it almost the... happened this one time. All right. Uh, but they they sent the man to jail without me needing to go there. Um, if, as a result of reading this book or listening to your friend explain it on a podcast, you only get one thing, an increased tendency to think always in terms of the other person's point of view and see things from that person's angle as well as your own. If you get only that one thing from this book, it may easily prove to be the stepping stones of your career. And to your point, you know, the, the, your upcoming debate with the Proud Boys. I think what Dale Carnegie would say about that is like, why are you debating them in the first place? Right. Like he's talking about situations that are unavoidable where it's like a business thing or a family thing where it's like, look, one way or another, you have to come to somebody. I mean, they'll kill me if I don't show up. Somebody's <laughs> going to, this has to get resolved somehow. You should try and put your ego aside and 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 try and uh you know work the other person by seeing where yeah. they're coming from i mean again this book could just be called empathy yeah and it, and again and how to display it when i worked at the store sometimes went off about the store <laughs> sometimes tom you worked there for 3 weeks people were so <laughs> upset and when I would hear the story, I'd be like, yeah, if I had ever three weeks in 1998, if I had to come back here four times, I'd be fucking pissed off too, yeah. you know, like, and, and so many times just saying something like that, I'm so sorry you had to come back again. I, I completely understand your frustration. Right. Probably the phrase I used most working there was, I understand your frustration. The phrase that pays. And it did. So many people gave me money after they... Wow. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh, let me just put this money in the cash register. Wink, wink. I didn't expect you to put it in the cash register. Uh, part nine, what everybody wants, what women want. Remember <laughs> that movie? Yeah, With, uh, Mel Gibson. Famous heartthrob, Mel Gibson. It's a good movie. Um, it wasn't. What if you are, read people's thoughts, everybody's thoughts. You are can like, read women's thoughts, yeah. not people. <laughs> not people. Women aren't people, though. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh boy, now I'm in more hot water than Mel Gibson. <laughs> Everybody had like pithy dialogue in there. That's yeah. not how thoughts work. Yeah. Oh, my thoughts are just pithy dialogue. Yeah. You, my... you walk around and be like, "Oh, this guy looks like a real jerk." 
And then, like, no I thoughts at all. Do. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, you're. Uh, um, uh, part nine, what everybody wants. I mean, again, a lot of this is the same. It's just kind of people just want to wanna be, understood. Be, be understood, uh, yeah. have people listen to them. Okay. Uh, part 10, an appeal that everybody likes. Um, uh, this is just a pe- banana peel. No, that's not what people like. Not in Mario Kart. Um, this is just about how, like, uh, like sometimes you can't come to somebody with like the actual reason you want something done if you know that's not going to work. Mm. And the example he gives is this guy who, uh, the, uh, you know, some lord. A newspaper kept using a picture of him that he didn't like. And uh, he wrote the letter. It wrote a letter to the editor. Um, but did he say, please do not publish this picture of me anymore? I don't like it. No. He appealed to a nobler motive. He said, please don't picture this picture. Please don't publish this picture of me anymore. My mother doesn't like it. Ah. And he knew that that would work better than I don't like it. Right. Uh, and I'm sure you're gonna you're gonna be using your kid pretty soon for things like this, like already. Yeah, like uh, you know, the boy he doesn't yeah. he he wants uh a free beer, not me. Man, we should go back to Six Flags with uh free passes. Yeah, oh, the boy he doesn't like staying yeah. in line. Yeah, we should get to the front of the line, please. Yeah. I'll leave him at home. He's a baby. <laughs> Uh, number 11, the movies do it. TV does it. Why don't you do it? And this is just sex scenes. This is just a, well, they didn't have that back then. Oh, yeah. Um, this is just about, uh, uh, like storytelling, dramatize things mm. that that's going to do a better job. They gives us really fucked up example. Uh, experts in window display know the power of dramatization. For example, the manufacturers of a new rat poison gave dealers a window display that included two live rats. The week the rats were shown, sales zoomed to five times their normal rate. Jesus. But basically, you're just saying, like, you know, yeah, a little showmanship, uh, yeah. you know, is a little bit of the razzle dazzle. Although, this example he gives is. is Bad. Last week, I called on a neighborhood grocer and saw that the cash registers he was using as checkout counters were very old-fashioned. I approached the owner and told him, you are literally throwing away pennies every time a customer goes through your line. With that, I threw a handful of pennies on the floor. <laughs> like the Joker or something. <laughs> yeah. He quickly became more <laughs> Like attentive. the Cesar Romero Joker. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, I guess that would work. But people uh, would always be like, hey, pick that up. Hey, uh, pennies were worth a lot more uh, back then. It's true. Uh, and the last part, uh, last chapter, chapter 12, when nothing else works, try this. Um, Smooches. No. Uh, that is what every successful person loves. The game, the chance for self-expression, the chance to prove his or her worth to excel to win. And basically saying, like, you know, uh, make things like a little competitive, make things a game. He gives an example. Gamify things. That's what I've been saying all the time. He gives an example of, uh, uh, I forget who, uh, maybe like a Rockefeller or or a Schwab or something like that. Carnegie. 
where it was like the these factories weren't working they weren't producing enough and uh, he he came in and they were like sorry boss we don't know what to do and he's like how many whatever's did they make this week uh th- this shift six and he just wrote a big six in chalk on the floor the night crew came in they saw that and they were like oh the day crew thinks they're better than us they erased it. They wrote seven because they made seven. Mm. The next day, they wrote ten. Uh, gamifying. Yeah. What we now know today is gamifying. Run from zombies. Um. So, uh, yeah, and that principle is throw down a challenge. You know, mm. challenge people. People push themselves, and that's uh, that's all about uh, how to win people to your way of thinking. That's cool. I feel like this book is the same thing over and over again, but it that's like all is. the self-help books. And yeah, you know what? You got to look, you're convincing people mm-hmm. to make essentially very simple changes yes. in perspective. So um, if it were like difficult concepts, I feel like it'd be one thing, but yeah. they're easy concepts. It's just, trying to get it to click that somebody will actually implement them, right? Like, yeah. And, and that's I think, what I feel like self-help books are, where it's like, like you're not going to learn anything new in here. Like, be be empathetic. Think about other people's feelings. Think about everybody's perspective. And people and that will, will be like helpful. you instead yeah. of dislike you. Like, that's something that you can tell somebody. Be like, yes, I intellectually know that. Yeah. But you have to, like, figure out a way to worm it into their brain in a way that they can use it. Assuming you want your book to actually help people. Yeah, and I think that's why he really beats you over the head with examples because I think otherwise a lot of these, you'd be like, okay, well, that would work for, I mean, kind of what we're doing where it's like Mm. that would work in the 30s, but not nowadays. Mm. But uh, That would work in 1998 at the Apple Store. (laughs) They didn't even have Apple Stores in 1998, you... you What? What? PC user. (laughs) Um no, a lot of these I think people could easily dismiss, but when he gives examples, uh, and especially when he gives examples of like, you know, John D. Rockefeller, where it's like, oh, do you think you are a- <laughs> John B. Rockefeller? <laughs> I said John D. <laughs> where it's like, you know, if you- if you you re- the Al B. Shore? <laughs> if you, which one was the, the uh, Steel Tycoon? <laughs> Uh, where I think, you know, if you're reading this, you could, you could very easily say, oh, sure. That would work for some people, but not for me. And then when he gives an example of a famous business person doing it, you're like, oh, all right, well, yeah, mm-hmm. if it worked for them, I guess it would work for me. The examples do help because like you said, a lot of it is stuff that is, is very easy to understand practically, but. Or, or not practically, technically, yeah. but to put it into practice, uh, you, you, seeing some examples of it are helpful. Agreed. Well, I'm going to put some of these into effect right away. Well, Tim, I'm glad I could win you to my way of thinking. Wing me? <laughs> Get the shit out of your ears. I'm not, I'm saying. <laughs> this is not, this is not, you're not using principles. We're, we're, telling we're, telling we're, the person we're that. We're sitting four feet apart from each other. <laughs> Thank you for being patrons. We love you very much. Um, hey, sound off in the comments. Yeah. 
Did it sound like Tom said wing just now? <laughs> no, sound off. Uh, do you agree with these? Do you disagree? You got some examples, some counterexamples? Let's hear them. Yeah, and just remember, comment of the week is back on the table. Yeah. So, engage, engagement. Possible. Hashtag suit squad. <laughs> All right. We'll see Hashtag you next week. Hashtag Vitamix man. Yeah.